You weren't born just to work, but we do all need to make an income. Owning your own business is unbelievably courageous and the skills you need are phenomenal. Welcome to Escape the Rat Race Radio. I'm your host, Christian Rodwell, and this is your ticket to Escape the 9 to 5. how I use the term entrepreneur. I know when Penny Power is in entrepreneur spirit, I'm willing to take risk. I'm thinking about building an asset. I'm thinking about how can I scale a business. When I'm in small business mode, I'm thinking income. You know, I'm thinking how do I bring in income to survive and and pay my bills? Now, some people can start a small business with that in mind, and then they've somehow come up with a brilliant type of business, and it means that they can transition into being an entrepreneur. And some people want to stay a small business all their life. They're not actually interested in building an asset. Hey, how you doing? My name's Christian Rodwell, and today I'm talking with Penny Power OBE. Now, Penny launched an online business community in 1998, four years before LinkedIn was started. Now, trailblazing this concept with her husband, Thomas Power, the two of them grew the network into a global community that supported hundreds of thousands of small businesses worldwide. Now, in 2011, due to the banking crisis and the actions of a bank, eCademy was sold and Penny's lessons in business and life took her on a personal journey of rebuilding. Penny has dedicated herself through her honest speaking, community building and friendship to thousands of business owners and corporate employees around the world. Now, highlighting Penny's business and personal life undoubtedly came when she was appointed Officer of the Order of the British Empire, which was the OBE in 2014 New Year's Honours for services to entrepreneurship in social and digital development. Penny has just released her new book, Business is Personal, Be the Leader of Your Life and Business, where she shares the areas of business that are rarely discussed, but have been learned the hard way by Penny and others. The emotions we need to understand, the mind we can be in control of, and tools that Penny's learned following years of hard work and many challenging moments. And Penny's poured her heart into this book, and it's incredibly revealing. So I definitely would encourage you to head on to Amazon and check out Penny's book, Business is Personal. Okay, with that being said, let's not wait around any longer. Let's head on over to my conversation with Penny Power OBE. Okay, so welcome, Penny, to Escape the Rat Race Radio today. How are you doing? I'm very well. It's lovely to be here, Christian. I've been really excited about being on your show. Well, I've been looking forward to having you on the show for about 12 months, Penny. We've been talking and I'm so, so pleased that we finally made the time to make this happen. Oh, bless you. Me too. Where are you in the world right now, Penny? I'm sitting in my dining room, actually working from home today, which is my favourite place to work unless I'm out seeing clients and meetings. Yeah, in the UK, right? In the UK, exactly. Um, so I'm about 40 miles south of London in a, in a town called Farnham. Ah, oh, excellent. Well, we've definitely got listeners from over 60, 60 countries now around the world. So they're always really fascinating and interested to hear where our guests are based. Penny, I've been inspired multiple times when I've heard you speak. And um, I know that we're going to have a really, really 
in-depth, interesting conversation today around a topic that I think is sometimes not really touched upon, certainly to the extent that it, you know, it needs to be brought a bit more to the, to the front. And that's really around the emotional and mental health of starting a business. And even for those people who've been in business for some time, some of the, some of the real struggles that can come with that obligation of being a business owner. And it's something that you've talked very openly about. And we're going to go into that. And before we do that, Penny, for anyone listening right now who maybe hasn't had the pleasure of hearing you speak or reading any of your books, would you mind just giving them a brief introduction to to who you are and what you do? So um, I'm a mother of three adult children now, uh, which is wonderful, a wonderful feeling. And I've been married for 28 years and I joined the IT industry when I was 19 and I became an entrepreneur when I was 33. And that was really stimulated by two things. One, I wanted to have a little bit more control over my own life and life choices. And secondly, because I wanted to be able to um, be close you know, to my children. And I came up with this very uh, exciting business idea, which was a, quite a new idea, um, which was to create an online business network. So in 98, there were things like, Friends Reunited, uh, MySpace, all these early social networks, um, but there weren't any business networks. Um, this was, and so in 98, four years before LinkedIn, I created that. It's called Academy. And so that's a little potted history. I'm sure we'll go into more detail. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously technology has just moved on so ridiculously fast since then. So it must have been a, a very, very different, you know, kind of proposition in terms of starting a digital business back in that age. So, um, you know, you really were ahead of your time, as I know so many people have, have said before. Yeah. Although, do you know, I use LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and there are still features of Academy that I really meet, miss. Um we had the most fantastic, I mean, Thomas, my husband and I were sort of the, the users of the community and we would stimulate the CEO we had and the CTO to create code that we really felt we wanted. And we were very early to introduce the idea of blogging as, as a community, groups, we called them clubs, but they were, called, they were groups like we know now. Um, but the biggest thing that we trailblazed, which actually was our downfall, at the time was friendship in business. Um, we really believed in 98 that our own personal brand would become the greatest asset, who we were as a person, not just what we do. And we really trailblazed that mindset and that philosophy. Um, and then LinkedIn came in um, four years later. And I think they used the Academy, I believe, as a sort of a template when they went to get investments. Um, I'm told, and I remember his name on our database that the founder Reed Hoffman was on the Academy and, um, what was critical, Hey, they got great investment, but what was really critical is they didn't believe in the mindset we believed in. They thought business is business and social is social. Um, and so what I think now, although technology has gone on, what my true beliefs around social networking and social media remain exactly as they were in 98 you can create all sorts of technology, but it's the philosophy and the attitude behind the technology that makes the difference in life. Talked about there, uh, Penny, 
control at the beginning, the decision around deciding to go from the employee to the intrepid entrepreneur and business owner and that excitement that everyone has at the beginning, thinking the grass is always greener, that you're going to have all this freedom and money and time. And and that's obviously what attracts a lot of people into actually making that decision, launching a new business. But before long, suddenly the roller coaster (laughs) takes hold and we realize as business owners that actually we're working crazy hours, the cash isn't flowing necessarily, and suddenly the clouds can ascend and it can actually get quite lonely and quite tough. And I'd love you to touch on kind of the journey that you've seen with all of the hundreds and hundreds of people that you've worked with over the years, Penny, some of the, some of the challenges, I guess, that, that come with an early startup and, and how our listeners now, people who are really, really excited about starting a new business, perhaps how they can avoid or take some or ask some questions of themselves before they really get get involved in the business to maybe check in and make sure that they're doing things for the right reasons and that really have got a, a good idea of their why and the purpose behind their business. So I know that you've got lots to talk about on this subject. So I'm really interested to hear, hear your thoughts. Yeah, well, I love the way you set it up because you, I can sense the knowledge you've got on this, Christian, which is fantastic. So um, I think, you know, if you look at business books and TED Talks and everything. Uh, uh, I think one of the men of our time at the moment, Simon Sinek, who talks about start with why. And I, for years, called myself an accidental entrepreneur. And the reason I did that was I came up with this idea. I was still a mum to very young children. They were three kids under five years old. I never sat down and thought forward to the impact, the business that I was had dreamt of, what it would be, what the, what the impact would be, what the sacrifices would be, what skills I needed, all the what. But I did have my why. And my why was to really reduce the isolation and loneliness in, in the self-employed people that was clearly going to become huge. And you could see that in 1998 when everybody was registering their websites and the internet was really starting to take hold. And the reason I called myself an accidental entrepreneur was because, you know, I, if I look at my, now I have a deeper understanding of who I am. I haven't got a good risk profile. You know, I, you know, some entrepreneurs are naturally high risk people. You know, they'll take themselves right to the edge and, and mentally handle that. Um, when Thomas met me when I was 24, I had a house. I had two endowment policies on my property. I had a school fees policy for the children that I was yet to even conceive set up. I had health insurance and I had all these pieces of security around me. That was important. And of course, when you're an entrepreneur, most of the time you have to be able to deal with risk. And I did deal with risk um, because it was natural to have to do that. You know, putting the house on the market, house on the edge of losing our house. All, all sorts of journeys that I share um, in my book without preempting what we might talk about later. Um, and I thought that I was resilient and could deal with that. And now, 20 years 20 on, and I look back at my journey, and I think it would have been much more joyful and maybe very different for me if I'd actually spent time thinking about my what. 
um, as well as my why. And I think that's not about sitting down doing a business plan. It's really about a deeper understanding of myself and what I could sacrifice, what I could cope with, what business model I wanted to work with, what people I wanted to work with, um, and and also understand what my personality and my own personal vulnerabilities were as a person because we all have strengths and we all have vulnerabilities and you know, our vulnerabilities can become strengths and I know there's lots of Instagram you know great positive quotes about that but we have to understand them and have to understand how to work with them and turn them into our strengths so for me it's you know my big message when I'm coaching or the mastermind group that I'm launching and in my book is what is your what and that's not because I'm trying to ride a tide of what is your why, what is your what. Otherwise, I'd have called it what is your what. Um, but it's much more about, you know, when when really establishing and working through the journey you're going to go on and, and what you could cope with. Yeah. And we are both fans of Wealth Dynamics. And uh, I've seen you on stage with, with Roger Hamilton. And he would um, suggest perhaps that it's also understanding who you are and that being one of the first steps. And you mentioned there about the typical entrepreneurs are often the ones who take those big risks and, you know, very innovative and always, always fast moving, thinking of the next thing. And, and that perhaps is the picture that's painted of entrepreneurship. Um, but it's not the natural path for everybody. And that can perhaps cause problems and, and, and difficulties for people. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite cautious how I use the term entrepreneur. I'll tell you why. I know when Penny Power is in entrepreneur spirit and mindset and when Penny Power is in small business mindset. When I'm an entrepreneur, I'm willing to take risk. I'm thinking about building an asset. I'm thinking about how can I scale a business. I'm not thinking about income because income is not easy to get when you're trying to build an entrepreneurial lifestyle. It takes a time. It takes time. When I'm in small business mode, I'm thinking income. You know, I'm thinking how do I um, bring in income to survive and and pay my bills. And now some people can start a small business with that in mind, and then they've somehow come up with a brilliant type of business, and it means that they can transition into being an entrepreneur. And some people want to stay a small business all their life. They're not actually interested in building an asset. So I'm quite cautious about those two words. And I I literally will think of myself. So at the moment, I've got an entrepreneurial dream, which is called the Business Cafe. And then I've got my small business hat on, which is about supporting entrepreneurs. And for that, I get paid an income by the hour, by the day, for whatever I do, whether it's as a speaker, mastermind group, coaching, selling my book, or whatever it is. And I think they are two very different things. One is I'm, I'm, I'm serving my clients as a small business and helping them to achieve their dreams. And when I'm an entrepreneur, I'm focused on my dream. Do you see the difference? I do. I do. And it's, it's always fascinating when I ask my guests, you know, what's your definition of an entrepreneur? And had Seth Godin as a guest a few weeks back and he said, don't get confused by what an entrepreneur is and what a freelancer is. And actually, he's made the decision that he prefers to be a freelancer. He's been the entrepreneur, but he's, he's actually chosen the life as a freelancer. And, and it's getting clear on, as you say, the definition and um, 
it's a lot less stressful being <clears throat> a freelancer. You know, you're not, I don't think you're, I mean, yes, you, if you're starting out in business as a freelancer, you have to assume some um, debt or put some loan into your business that's going to help you to find the right supply chain of people, build your brand and your website and work with the right things. But um, it's, it's, it's a very, it's not as risky being a freelancer. It's risky enough, but it's not as risky. Um, and I think of it as in terms of mountains, you know, sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I actually think about what is the energy I need for today. Um, do I, am I, am I today, am I trying to some, get to the summit of this huge mountain, which might take a lifetime for me, or am I, am I just going up a little hill towards it? Um, and, and they require very different pace and energy. So I do, I do want to go into that topic there, Penny, of how, how it can be a feeling of climbing up the mountain and often that you're the only person there and you haven't got anyone to turn to. Um, and sometimes that can, shall we say, tip over into more you know, serious issues such as you know, actually becoming sort of mental health issues. And it's something that's being talked about more you know, universally and certainly in the UK now, which is great. Um, and I know that you talk about this, you know, specifically in business. So um, what are some of the observations that you've made and, and how does, what's the correlation between business owners and, and, and mental health? You know, is, is this something that can be avoided? Um, what are some of the things that people need to be aware of in this area? So I, so my first dream when I was a young girl was to be a physiotherapist and be in the caring profession and work with um, cerebral palsy um, children and and then I then I failed actually to become a physiotherapist so then I applied to do psychology and I've always been really interested in the mind just in the body as well I mean my two subjects I did at school were sociology and biology I'm really interested in in both and so when I started the academy, my why was, it was, it came from psychology, really. It came from how do we reduce loneliness, make people feel more connected? Because if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the five basic human needs, you know, the third one above physical and need for safety is the need to belong and be validated. And one of the greatest risks that we take when we become a freelancer and entrepreneur is how do we still get our validation? How do we still get a sense of belonging? And it's hard to get to self-esteem, which is the next level, the fourth, and actually hard to really achieve self-actualization, that sense of purpose, without a sense of belonging. Um, and I think that's why people have turned to, you know, I need a like, I need to feel I matter, and that dopamine effect of the Facebook and the Twitter and everything. Um, and so when people go self-employed, and we've talked about this risk factor of um, financial maybe risk, but there's also the fact that you can be so disconnected and the impact that can have on you. So when I've, so I've always been interested in that and I've always wanted to build communities and support other people who build communities on Facebook or wherever they do it to help them understand how to build that emotional element into how they support their community members. You know, anybody who is interested in this, you know, read Servant Leadership. For, you know, how do you lead by serving others? Um, 
So mental health, it's now certainly in the UK and I'm sure globally has, has really upped the agenda. Everybody's talking about it. And there's this wonderful transparent open, openness of famous people talking about the mental health issues. Um, my observation of it is, and I actually was coaching somebody this morning who came to me saying, I'm not a psychologist, I'm a torchbearer on the subject of this around being, being a business owner because of my own experiences. And he said he was suffering anxiety and he wanted to talk to me. And I said, look, if you've really got triggers that give you anxiety, and if it's true anxiety, you need to see a professional. But if it's that you get anxious or you've got a low I can help you with that and I can help you to manage those triggers because I understand them. Um, so for me, I think that we have to, we, if we are in, now in large organizations, many of them have occupational health, they have a hotline to some um, ha, uh, booper or onla online service where you can ring in or you can take time off, you can delegate if you've got a problem. When you're self-employed, you can't. And actually, when you're self-employed, you are so defined by your business, by the literally, my mood can change by an email, phone call, by the energy something like being interviewed by you could give me. And that is that means you have to manage your own emotional mental stability on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. Because you've got nobody around you to share the stress or, sh or validate you. Um, and that's why I think this is a really important thing to consider when you go out into business. Millions of people do it. 5.7 million people in the UK alone do it. It's possible to do it. But it's about doing it and enjoying the journey. And for me, this term resilience which I've been told for years you're so resilient you're so resilient and I wore it as a badge of pride what I didn't realize I wasn't really resilient I just had this fantastic ability to put my stress into a drawer and close it but it didn't mean that it wasn't impacting me and I think we just need to really understand what our triggers are that cause us to have to be resilient and Perhaps there's a way by knowing ourselves better, we don't have to. We wouldn't have to be as resilient because we wouldn't open ourselves up to those levels of stress. So, if I give an example of that, I went into business with somebody after Academy. That for them and for me, it was very tough because our personalities and our the outcomes of what we wanted from the business and um, our our chemistry didn't match, and. He was a very assertive, bordering on angry person, and I'm quite a submissive, calm person. And it was easy for him to dominate me, and he was in a very dominant position because he was my investor. Um, now, looking back, I've now been able to understand some of my behavior, and I've talked to people in mental health experts about how, as a non-assertive person, do I deal with very assertive people? How do I create boundaries that protect me? And that's just one instance of the sort of ways that you can learn to manage your mental health. Well, it's opened up a few questions for me there, Penny. One of them being, and this comes from my own personal experience of 
when I started my business and I didn't have the structure of a full-time job. So when people have a job, you know, generally kind of comes to six o'clock at night and you clock off and you go home and you can do what you want until nine o'clock next morning. When you own your own business, it's so incredibly difficult to switch off. It feels like, and it's because, of course, we're passionate about our business, we enjoy what we're doing, and we want to be successful. But it gets to a point where there literally, there is no line. And I found that, and still sometimes do. And how, how, how can you overcome that? And reaching burnout, I guess, is the result. If, if you don't find a way to actually keep some balance in your life and it just becomes work, work, work and no play, then you will burn out. And, and that's obviously not a situation that we want people to get to. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that because it's brave when people share these sort of things because we're all feeling it. And one of the things that I want to do, and I'm going to answer your question, one of the things I want to do through the way that I'm speaking and I'm the book and I'm writing is that it's possible because of our isolation to think that there must be something wrong with me. And therefore, if this is a, a line of normal and we feel subnormal with our levels of feelings of anxious, of overwhelm, of stress, it makes it very hard to get to exceptional because we're below normal. people realize that that those feelings you have are really entirely normal. And so the way I've bared my soul as someone who's perceived as being reasonably successful and, you know, I, whenever I do a speech, I often say when I've been introduced, I say, okay, so here's Penny Power, OBE, three children, loving husband, look at the pictures on holiday. You, how many of the people in this room hate me? actually feeling small as a result of what my brand image looks like and then when I open up and tell them the reality of life as an entrepreneur they realize we're all normal and I tell them exactly how it is and how I've been broken and how I've lost my home and how things have happened along the journey it gives people permission to realize that actually their vulnerabilities and thoughts are really normal so that's the first thing I want to say the other thing I want to say is a lot of people have read the book Chimp Paradox, Chimp Paradox by um, Steve Peters. And he's very cleverly, as a psychologist, putting across in a very fun way, in a way, two parts of the brain that we have, our system one brain and our system two. And our system one manages our beliefs, thoughts and feelings and, our, and all of our habits and the way we live our lives. And the system one brain, so that's system two, system one brain is our logical part of our brain, our more conscious part of our brain. When you go to bed... If you go to bed with all of these thoughts in here and you're not finding a way to resolve these thoughts and even knowing how to articulate what the thoughts are, because often I went to bed and I didn't even, didn't even know how to write down the noise in my head. What we're doing is we're, we're overloading our brain. We're literally overloading it. But when we understand ourselves better and we articulate it and we work out a pattern of behavior that's right for us personally and we put in the actions that are going to keep us calm, when we go to bed, we can tell our overwhelmed brain, it's all right, I can rest because there in my office or on my desk is all the stuff I need to do. But that's about 
really spending time with someone, someone like you, someone like me, business coaches, possibly psychologists, which is what I did this year, to really understand ourselves and understand what we want out of life and why we're doing what we're doing. And I don't mean the big purpose why. I mean, just actually stop and think. And what people tend to be doing nowadays, you know, talk about teenagers have mental health issues because of social media. The number of people I've interviewed that are business owners that are actually having mental health issues because of social media. And the reason it is giving it is there's this phenomenon called compare and despair. And we think we've got things sussed. Oh, I've created a great plan. I know what I'm doing this week. And then we go online and we see somebody's applied for this award and somebody's now doing a Facebook advert and somebody's now done this post on LinkedIn and somebody else has got this many followers and somebody else looks amazing. And we're spending our life comparing ourselves and, and letting our life go out of control because we're comparing ourselves rather than taking control of the things we want out of life. And that's often because we haven't defined it. Um, and then the final point on it is that we do have to honor that we are made up of four things. We are made up of our emotions and we need to honor those. And it's very hard to change who we are as a person. My mum told me all my life I was too sensitive. My first boss told me I was too emotional for business. I can't change who I am. I just have to make sure I create an environment that allows me to be that person. So that's our emotions. We have to understand our mental vulnerabilities and, and really unpack them and understand where we can be triggered in business. Um, and I've done that through this year. And, you know, I, 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 we can go into the detail of it, but I've really understood where my, my vulnerabilities lie. Then we have to understand our soul, and that is the whole presence of who we are. Our joy and our happiness comes from our soul, and that's why everybody's gone into spiritual health, mindfulness, and because who we are isn't our ego. Who we are is, is really our deep, loving, great person that we want to be, and we are. And we need to honor that, and that's why people need to rest their heads and calm their minds so that they can actually understand who they are more and then the fourth part is our physical health our body because if we don't look after our body and our and and then turn look after our mind if we don't exercise if we don't eat the right things we can't cope with stress we just can't it's not possible to cope with stress if you've got an unhealthy body because um putting the wrong foods in and not exercising actually increases stress anyway so those four parts, so it's, you know, I know I've covered a lot, our system one brain, our system two brain, um, you know, and all of the four aspects of who we are, but these things need to be unpacking. And, and this is the journey I've gone on. And now I'm not changing my dream or the size of the mountain I want to climb, but somehow I feel I've got more control over it now. Hey, it's Christian here, and I'd like to give you the opportunity to download a free copy of my brand new book, Sack Your Boss, The Ultimate Guide to Escape Your 9 to 5 by visiting www.etrr.online forward slash sack your boss. In the book, I share my own story of escaping the rat race along with a simple five-step formula, which I believe is the foundation you need to have in place if you're serious about escaping the rat race within the next 12 to 18 months. 
So head on over to www.etrr.online forward slash sack your boss and download your free copy right now. Starting a business is not just about the work. There's a whole bigger picture that goes around it. And one of the exercises that I've included in my book is the Wheel of Life, which helps you to see the balance in all the areas because it can be easy to neglect the personal relationships, family life, social time, um, the personal growth, just making sure that you're happy at the end of the day because ultimately people are looking to start a business for more freedom and potentially you know more money but ultimately we're looking for happiness and 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 sometimes we can get into that trap of just not being very happy in the business that we've chosen to to create yeah yeah you're absolutely right and i think a lot of people if you actually said to them well what does make you happy it would take them time to be able to answer that question um, and, you know, I've been really massively inspired by my daughter who's become an entrepreneur this year. And she started by, say, really thinking um, about what lifestyle she wants and what she's willing to sacrifice and then what business she wants to create. And in her journey of creating it, she's worked out in a very short period of time where her value lies for others, what sort of clients she can best work with. Um, I use the term positively surrendering, but she chose to not work, continue to work with some clients because she found energetically they weren't the right type of people. She's chosen a great supply chain around her of people that believe in what she believes in. And she's invested a huge amount in that aspect of it in her first year. Some of us, including me, didn't do that for years and years and years. I had to break and stumble before I realized I had to do those things. Um, and, and maybe there's been some learning by observing her mum, but, you know, I think the, the interesting thing about this generation now that are coming through is they've got quite a, quite a balanced attitude towards their life and, and, and how it should be. And I love that. I think it's really powerful, much healthier. And Penny, you've got a new book out this week. It's called Business is Personal. Who have you written that book for and who... What inspired you to write that? So shall I show you it? Ta-da! <laughs> for, the, for those listening to the audio here, then definitely check out <laughs> the recording. Penny and I are recording in so video as well. Audio. It's pink. And the reason it's pink, and I'm hoping there's lots of um, enlightened men when we put off by the pink, is because pink is the colour of healing. And um, business is personal. Be the leader of your life and business. Um, and it's aimed very much at um, the business owner, it, a startup. I, you know, a startup would benefit a lot by reading because a lot of the habits that we form in life wouldn't then be formed. They would respect themselves early on. But you know, I I wrote this book because my journey, twenty years into being a business owner, and I now know that the next part of my journey as a business owner is going to be a lot better now that I've learned what I've learned and shared it in there. Um, I think a lot of it also, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurship happening in organizations. I can see people who are currently working in organizations getting something out of it as well, because there are a lot of entrepreneurial mindsets inside large companies. And they're trying to innovate, trying to evangelize, trying to influence people, trying to keep their own sanity. Um, 
So it's very exciting and it's wonderful to be on your show this week when, when we're uh, announcing it as well. So Penny, I want to just kind of really try and help the people that perhaps are feeling feeling in a position where they're not sure where to turn. They're feeling lonely in their business and maybe even questioning whether it's right to continue going. We see so much online, people like Gary Vaynerchuk comes to mind straight away, where it's all about the hustle, it's all about working hard and just don't stop, just keep on going. At what point do you have to have an honest conversation with yourself and and say, look, is this working? Is this making me happy? Should I keep pushing on? And for those that have seen maybe the diagram where there's that guy who's like digging away at the diamonds and he's like one axe sort of throw away from hitting the gold mine, hit finding the diamonds. And there's, you know, that that widely sort of said phrase in entrepreneurship, you know, just, you know, you were just so close and then you gave up at the last hurdle. But how do you know whether you actually should keep going or whether you should just admit defeat almost and, and say, look, I've learned the lessons, but it's time for me to just stop and, and, and take a break. So we've got one life and, you know, you weren't born just to work, but we do all need to make an income and money does validate us. It does give us a sense of self-worth. Um, I, my second business, I positively surrendered from it. And it was painful because I'd had a painful end to Academy after 14 years. And then two and a half years into building this other digital youth academy business, I realized it was not um, a healthy. It was not healthy for any of the people in it. Um, and we exited the business onto a company. I think you really have to know yourself. I mean, nobody should kill themselves, I don't think, for, for their business. Um, I know, you know, I've, I was mentoring two guys last um, Friday who fantastic guys, so clever, have a belief system that they need to kill themselves in order to be an entrepreneur. You know, they, one of them proudly said that he hasn't, he's had five days off in three years. And I, we, you know, the reason I call this business is personal is that I can't say one size fits all because we're all individuals and all willing to make different sacrifices and work differently. I was with a man this morning coaching him whose first marriage broke down because of his work ethic. And it's very difficult to say one size fits all. I think we have to explore with else. I do think it should be with someone else. And one of, one of my traits, explore what we want. One of my traits and a trait of a lot of entrepreneurial people, which is a strong trait, is independence. That's why they think they can work on their own. But when it's taken too far, it becomes, as Elias J. Porter says, an overdone strength. An overdone strength means it's being misapplied or it's being stretched too far. And one of the ways that people overdo their strength of independence is by not asking for help. They're frightened to, sh to show any vulnerability. Now, owning your own business is unbelievably um, courageous. It's incredible. And the skills you need are phenomenal. I mean, I was helping a whole group of people just understand cash flow. Now, I'm not a financial expert, but I always said that the thing that kept me awake at night and it was under my bed was this monster. And it was called money. 
And it literally was breathing under my bed, giving me the fear of death. I had to learn about money and cash flow and and put a lead on that monster. I couldn't get rid of some of the debts in the business and things, but I had to put a lead on it. And I had to lead it into my office and put it under my desk in my office. And I could define my fears by, by that. So it's not quick to answer the question about whether we know we should keep going. That's so personal and it has so many elements and depth to it. I would say anybody can, if I look at the three things, the three key things that might stop a business being successful, financial cash flow, your skills and knowledge, or your mental strength. Those are the three things. So if you truly believe you've got the skills and knowledge to deliver the passion that you've got, and um, and you have got the financial knowledge and you know how to understand money, then if it's down to mental strength, go and get help. Go and get the support that will help you to to really lead the life you want. And then you work, then you can just focus on having a joyous business. Mm. And, and for all of those areas, there's a solution. So we can, we can learn more. We can upskill. Everything is surmountable. Everything. It's just how you deal with your fears. And I was coaching somebody the other day, and one thing that's holding them back in business is their divorce, and they've fallen in love with somebody else, and they're frightened that that person is going to hurt them as as much as the last one did. And their fears in business were actually coming from an emotional place of, because we're one person, we can't park our emotions and our, our emotional life can impact our resilience in business and our business life can impact our personal life. It's, we're one person and we have to understand how we are, our soul and our being is impacting all areas of our life and stopping us from being happy. So our business is very much a reflection of the person behind it. So if there's there's issues with financial issues or, or mental issues, then that will spill through into the business. And we've 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 looked at some of the the difficult areas of being a business owner, Penny. But if we if we zoom out and we look at the bigger picture, and you've had a you've had a successful career, and I'm guessing despite the highs and lows, you wouldn't, you wouldn't change the life you've chosen to be a business owner. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I, would de- I definitely wouldn't change it. I have, I have loved being able to be in control of the life I want to lead. I really have. I, um, I admire and respect people in employment massively. Um, and the interesting thing is sometimes I've envied them, envied them to what seems to be their stability and the, the validation of having Clark colleagues. And, but at the same time, I have coached employed people and seen the stresses they have as well. So you just have to live the life that you feel you can best lead, I think. And the final question, Penny, that I always ask my guests is your final words for anyone listening right now who who really knows inside that the path they're currently on, that path of working for someone else, trading time for money, not really feeling like it's taking them anywhere that they they see a bright future at the end. And they want to start a business. They want to make some change, but something's holding them back and, and it's most likely fear. What would be your words for those people listening right now? I would say that I don't think we should ever have a life of regret. And you can always go back 
you can put a time in in your diary give yourself 18 months two years you usually you can go back to employment there's a huge skill shortage in the employment but if you've got this burning desire feel the fear and do it uh, i suppose um and but make sure you are really well connected to people join business networks learn how to be connected online to good people um because you must take control and be um take responsibility to make sure that you still get that sense of belonging and validation around you so that you're not isolated and penny if anyone would love to get in touch with you find out more about your products and services your mentoring and of course purchase a copy of your book where's the best place for them to head to um so on my website pennypower.co.uk um you can buy my book from there um and i would actually sign it or you can buy it on amazon um and on that website are details um plus i love twitter um at pennypower i'm on instagram at penny f power f standing for friend because i couldn't get penny power i'm on linkedin so um Whatever channel you choose, I look forward to hearing from people. Fantastic. And I will, of course, put all of those links in today's show notes for everybody as well. So, Penny, thank you so much for sharing your insights and being very open and honest there. And I'm sure that that's going to be really, really helpful and very reassuring for people as well that if they are going through some tough times at the moment, that these are temporary and with help, with support, and there's plenty of that out there, we can all get through this. Yep, you can. You're not alone. Thanks so much, Penny. It's been great speaking to you today and I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you, Christian. It was gorgeous. Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation there today. And let me challenge you now to think of the one thing that you are going to implement or take action upon after hearing that conversation. And why not share that in the Escape the Rat Race private Facebook group so that we can hold you accountable to taking action and pushing forwards towards freedom. Okay, we've got plenty of events coming up over the next few weeks, whether that be the Escape the Rat Race monthly meetup event or coming along to play the Cashflow 101 game. Or if you want to spend a whole day with me, maybe booking in for a business discovery day. So you can find out all the information on the Escape the Rat Race website at etrr.online. And if you haven't already downloaded your free copy of my brand new book, Sack Your Boss, The Ultimate Guide to Escape Your 9 to 5, then you can get a free copy right now by heading on over to www.etrr.online forward slash sack your boss. Okay, that's it for another episode of Escape the Rat Race Radio. Have a wonderful week. See ya. Woo!